0: Good morning. It is Thursday, July 27th. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there. Casey Daniels 317. Of course, we're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So the order is. Oh, crap.
1: What? I just realized. What? We have to move the voicemails to 1130 because I forgot to edit the voicemails. We had so many Jefferson Tree voicemails.
0: And I asked about that earlier. I said, I assumed we got a lot of phone calls. Uh, Look, here's the thing that happened. That was your prompt to get the voicemails.
1: And it just dawned on me. And here's what happened. This is mostly (laughs) Kevin's fault because Kev and I got on a a long-form conversation during the break. I'd intended to go in there and do them during the break. Mm -hmm. And Kev and I got on a long-form conversation about what a giant cesspool modern dating is. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to help Kev. And as usual, my propensity to try to help my fellow man and make a better life for those that I love and care about around me (laughs) and keep Kevin from avoiding the hits of hell, which appears to be the modern dating scene. Uh, I just forgot to do the voicemail, so okay.
0: we'll do them at 1130. We'll, we'll get to that modern <laughs> dating landscape coming up because... Uh, Kev, did
2: I not give you just it, sage sound advice? Yeah, it was a mentorship yeah. program uh, session, and it was just very therapeutic. We don't so get I to do this anymore
1: it. because now that I have the baby, mm-hmm. Kev and I don't get to have our usual week, week, you know, once a week.
0: Where you go get Long Island. Yeah, we don't yeah. do that anymore. I know.
1: And so I just Kev was talking about some things that are going on with him, and I just, you know, you know, me Casey mm-hmm. I am that guy who is always willing when they see a burning building to stop and charge into the burning building sure. even if it is one kitten left in the building yeah I'm willing to do that and in this case I saw a burning building potentially in front of Kevin <laughs> I'm on fire and I didn't want Kev to enter the building and I must have removed him from any from harm's way
0: Kevin you know what you need to do you need to take the Long Islands over to Rob's now <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: actually, he's
0: with the baby. Don't you have a patio?
2: I do. Well, I'll Uh, say no more.
0: Take the bassinet out there and just make sure you're watching the baby while you're having your cocktail. It's
1: 900 degrees outside. Why don't I bring my baby out here? Yeah, you don't want to do that.
0: There is a heat advisory, and that is uh, especially dangerous for small children and the elderly. Can we talk about Hunter Biden and what's going on with him?
1: Speaking of the pits of hell for dating, can you imagine if you matched with that guy?
0: Oh, no. Swipe. So that plea agreement between the... The federal prosecutors and hunter biden it fell apart and that was after that judge refused to sign off on the sweetheart plea deal and that would have seen the president's son enter a guilty plea he changed his mind he ended up entering a not guilty plea but part of it now the judge is telling hunter biden get a job
1: <laughs> that's
0: part of the condition of his release
1: um Now, that should be easy for him, seeing as how he is a world-renowned artist Mm -hmm. who is selling his portraits (laughs) for, uh, you know— hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases, um, he he certainly should have no problem. Like, a, I don't know, a local Speedway gas station may be hiring, perhaps a, you know, a Wendy's or a Jimmy John's in his vicinity might be seeking someone that is looking for gainful employment. For a world-renowned artist slash businessman such as himself— mm-hmm this should be no problem.
0: Well, you mentioned a gas station. That would probably be really good considering that he sat on the board of an energy company. Right. So that would be perfect. Very qualified. Uh, but the, uh, judge also says that he has to communicate in writing all of his international travel plans with providing supporting documentation as well. Where are you going? <laughs> Why are you going there?
1: Uh, We did get a very important question in the YouTube chat before we get to our next topic, if Mm -hmm. I might just quickly address this. Um, Why is there no tea in a Long Island iced tea? And here is, uh, let me, as the Long Island expert, (laughs) let me just quickly clarify this for Uh you why that is. Number one, it is no longer called a Long Island iced tea. It is a Long Island. We don't call them iced tea anymore because it is a variety of things and mixtures that might somewhat resemble the original Long Island iced tea. But it is not, uh, it is not an actual referred to as. We you will never hear Long Island iced tea come from me, the residential Long Island expert. It is just Long Island singular. Okay. Uh, I believe, and I, somebody could correct me if I'm wrong on this. But when you mix, because an actual classic Long Island, you would mix like either a lemonade and a soda of some sort, depending on how you want to do that, along with your alcohol of choosing, and that would give it the. Detect the color appearance of a tea of some sort. Okay. So there you go.
0: Thank you for clearing I that I just up.
1: totally made up the last part of that. The first part, you <laughs> can take that to the bank. But the last part of it, I believe, as a someone who spent two months of my life bartending, I believe that would be the answer you're looking okay,
0: for. Okay, now you had mentioned uh, Hunter Biden's artwork. Yes. And now, of course, it's been revealed who one of the anonymous buyers was. Her name is Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali, and she is a big donor to the Democrat Party, also to the Biden campaign. She was appointed to the commission for the president of America's Heritage Abroad, which is apparently a, a prestigious position. Oh. Coincidental. Is that a quinky dink? She uh, paid $875,000 for Hunter Biden's artwork, and now she's in this position?
1: Well, we, we talked about this uh, with our old friend, Silent Suzanne, Suzanne Crouch, that mm-hmm. she gave Holcomb something like $2 million, and for her troubles, she got removed from the sign during the re-election campaign and now can't get an endorsement. And I'm not saying that you would expect something— if you give a certain amount of money but if you give someone two million dollars i would expect to be on the sign and get an endorsement in this woman's case i don't think it's out of line to say she probably expected some sort of something for the 875 large
0: okay so white house press secretary corinne jean pierre she was asked about this and she said what she she's not tracking this story she's gonna have to look into it
2: uh, Elizabeth Naftali, she's made more than a dozen visits here to the White House uh, and met with some of the president's uh, most senior advisors. Can you tell us a little bit more about those visits, why she was here?
1: I would have to look into that. I've not, I've not been tracking the, these visits that you're uh, mentioning to me. It. <laughs> it's, I don't a, know. it's amazing how the press secretary, who is the person who is supposed to know the life of the president and his immediate surroundings, has so little idea— about anything related to the Hunter Biden saga.
0: Does she know that this woman donated more than $200,000 to the Biden campaign in 2020?
1: She's going to she... have to. Well, well Saki used to have to circle back. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think uh, Corinne Jean Pierre has adopted the circle back phraseology, mm-hmm. but uh, she's going to have to just check into that. And uh, nine weeks from now, uh, she'll still ignore your question in the order in which it is received.
0: Exactly. 12 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Uh, you've got something going on oh, in Brownsburg. Oh, my gosh. Do I have to have bail money, right? Oh,
1: my gosh. This is just, I, look, Casey, I, uh, it is amazing how in a town of 30,000 people, five of the dumbest people alive could have found each other and all decided we are going to run for public office and lead the community at the same time. Like you would think in a town of 30,000 people and five possible board members, there would be at least one reasonably intelligent person who would actually give a crap about taxpayers. And no, the answer is a solid no. And the reason we like to showcase this little former utopia turned giant hell hole that I live in known as Brownsburg is because the stupid crap that happens where I live is probably happening where you live and you need to wake up And get involved, because these people, they suck, Casey. Okay,
0: well, you know what? I'll see your Brownsburg Town Council, and I'll raise you out of the 330 million people in the country. (laughs) Why do we have (laughs) Fetterman and Pelosi and Feinstein and Mitch McConnell, people who can't even stay awake during a press conference?
1: Uh, It is is shocking, and I use the phrase crisis of leadership. Mm -hmm. It is shocking at all levels of government, the complete crisis of leadership which exists and so much of the stupid stuff that goes on I'm not at this point even sure it's ill intended I think you just have ridiculously uninformed people who don't read who are incredibly uncreative when it comes to problem solving and they just listen to Whatever the bureaucrat that is in front of them is that tells you this is the solution to the problem and the solution to the problem when it is generic bureaucrat person, whether it is a town manager or an advisor to the governor or the you know, the the clowns that are around the president is more government take from people and that'll solve the problem. And you don't have anybody who cares enough about the taxpayers or, more importantly, is intelligent enough to figure out what the alternative is when you have some goon oompa loompa (laughs) bureaucrat telling you that's the solution. You
0: know, Bob Ross used to call those happy accidents, but you're saying this is not a happy accident. You've got something going on with your water and sewer rates.
1: You're going to love this, Casey. And this is when we come back to and people might say, well, you're so mean to these people. When I lay out the scenario that's about to happen tonight, how would you describe these people other than? collectively the dumbest people alive so we said the last council meeting i went to they just threw on the agenda at the last minute hey we're going to spend 18 million dollars on a swimming pool right. and some of us raised our hand and said um it might be reasonable to uh see a business plan uh to uh see what the pool is going to look like see some performance evaluations uh and Their response to that was, no, we know it's never going to make any money. We simply just don't care anymore. We want a pool. We have no intention of – we used to win this argument because every two years the pool argument comes up. And you used to always win the argument, you can't show me a business plan by which you make any money. Well, he got us again. You're right. We'll come back in two years. At the meeting two weeks ago, it was just, yeah, we admit it. It, it, it's a, we're going to lose $18 million.
0: We don't care anymore. You need to hook those people up with the people who are running Grant Park. So,
1: so their thing now, because I perused the uh, agenda here uh, early this morning, and tonight- They are going to, Casey.
0: Most people, I can just imagine you, most people swiping through their phone in the morning, getting updated. What is Rob doing? Reading minutes for the Brownsburg Town Council. So
1: their real big plan tonight, Casey, because they continue to claim there is no money for a water and sewer plant expansion. Which, by the way, you know where they're going to put the swimming pool, Casey? No. In the park, where the sewer treatment plant is. So why don't you come to our pool in Brownsburg and swim next to our crap? Again, (laughs) how would you describe these people other than some of the dumbest people alive? (laughs) Their plan tonight, Casey, because apparently there is no money for the water and sewer treatment plant, is that they're going to... Automatically, Because every year, automatically, they raise the water and sewer rate. It's like the gas tax. There's no performance evaluation. There's no, what do we do with this money? There's no, could we do it without this money? Just every year, it autom- automatically goes up and tonight is the night where they approve the automatic increase, there no doubt will be absolutely no discussion. There will be absolutely no digging from these people. And so on one hand, we are told there is no money for the actual essentials of living in the community, which is your actual job as a governor governor of the community, which is the public utility which you oversee. You're going to tell people with a straight face, well, there is no money for that without this automatic, it is a tax increase, Mm -hmm. because if you have to do it and the government doesn't give you an option, it's not a it's not a rate increase. It's a tax increase because your toilet has to flush and the water has to flow and you don't have an option to opt into somebody else. You have to use them. So there's no way to make this happen without a tax increase. But then over here, we have $18 million to lose on a swimming pool, which we're going to put next to a giant pile of crap. Casey, how would you describe these five people who run Brownsburg other than some of the dumbest people alive?
0: Well, good luck with that. And like I said, I do have cash on hand if you need me money. Are you planning to speak during the public comments Oh,
1: absolutely. I will be there, Casey. I will be there with bells on. I'm speaking at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking at the end. And I'm so excited to see our dear friend Lord Travis DeShane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg. All
0: right. Well, good luck with your uh, high purpose. Our hearts go with you. (laughs) It is 18 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up, we're going to talk about Trump and DeSantis. And oh, yeah, we have tickets for the Indiana State Fair. again. Yes, again. Something free our listeners like that word free it's on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you I remember he has a commanding lead and no i'm not talking about mike pence even though he spent a whole lot of time in iowa mike pence only trying to get two percent there boy
3: that's a shame
0: 22 minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 WIBC. you know
1: it's just it is a shame casey when people get exactly what they deserve Mm -hmm. and it really just it rarely happens in the government and politics but in this case mike pence is getting exactly what he deserves and that just
0: you know, it just warms my heart. He spent so much time there, and he's only got two percent, according to the latest poll.
1: Well, when you're seen as a disingenuous, highly unlikable person, it really is hard to garner traction. And if you actually cut through the Mike Pence bullcrap bravado in an un—you uh, know—you get him in an unscripted moment. That's what you realize what he is. T- that's what happened with Tucker Carlson. Mike Pence got challenged in an unscripted moment where he couldn't control the narrative and he couldn't filter out or protect himself from anybody asking him a reasonable question and you saw how he melted down. It's the same thing that happened with George Stephanopoulos all those years ago. Mike Pence is a big fat phony and I am so glad that he's about to be done and the gravy train brigade that has milked off that guy for decades now is about to be done and the lunch club that follows him around is about to be done. Uh, gosh darn it, Casey. At least one good thing is about to come out of this election.
0: Okay, so Donald Trump is maintaining a double-digit lead. And this is specifically in Iowa. And this is the latest American Greatness National Research Survey, where it says Donald Trump is sitting at 42%. The next closest person, DeSantis, who's at 15%. And we talk a lot about Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, what's going on with DeSantis's campaign. It seems to be falling backwards. It's going the wrong way way. Somebody sent me a note and I thought, uh, okay, I'll bring this up. And she said, whether you like it or not, Trump represents the anti-establishment to many voters. DeSantis hasn't reached that point yet. Loyalty is very important and DeSantis running against him leaves a bad taste in voters' mouths.
1: Okay. Uh, let me, before I do this, do you, do you want to clarify, like, is that a friend of yours? Or it was somebody
0: that, sent me a note. Yeah.
1: Is that a friend of yours? I'm trying to figure out how mean I I'm you allowed could,
0: to be. I, go ahead. Well, I don't. I mean, be,
1: you be you. If it's somebody who likes me, I don't want to alienate them.
0: They didn't say. Well, you're tagged in it, oh. so. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Uh,
1: here, so here's the thing that gets me though. It's the loyalty. This mm-hmm. lo- You don't. You shouldn't have any loyalty to a politician. They should have loyalty to you. Mm-hmm. The the loyal. See, this is the problem. This is the problem. It's this cult of personality bullcrap where you feel people feel some tribalistic need to be behind someone who quite frankly there's a 99.9 percent chance doesn't know you doesn't really care about you and you are only a vessel by which they obtain power and this thing with trump you're being disloyal to donald trump there's not quite the loyalty to to DeSantis. there shouldn't be loyalty to anyone the only loyalty should be from the person in the public office to the taxpayer, and that almost never happens.
0: It's going the other way, right? Um, this person went on to say that 2028 was supposed to be Ron DeSantis' year. Like, Who decides that? If you think that you're in the position to run for president, you can do a good job, do it, right? I mean, Mike Pence did it.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it <laughs> look uh, how it's turning out for him. Uh, by the way, two things. Number one. Uh, some people may be wondering, boy, we've been listening all show long and we keep hearing Henry Lee summer bumper music. That's because today is Henry Lee summer day, because coming up next hour, we're Mm going to be speaking with Hoosier rock legend, Henry Lee summer. And I'm very excited to do that. I'm told. He is an actual fan of our show. He listens. He actually listens to our show. We mm-hmm. got that on very reliable in, information, and uh, so we're so we said in honor of Henry Lee coming on the show, mm-hmm. we're going to just play all Henry Lee bumper music today. So yeah. that's why we're doing Henry Lee Summer bumper music.
0: Trump holds a 27-point lead for the Republican nomination in Iowa. He's at 42%, DeSantis 15 And then it goes to Tim Scott, who's at 9%, followed by Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, he's still in there, Nikki Haley, Doug Burbank, I can't even Burgum. say that. Burgum. uh, Doug who? Burgum. And then Mike Pence sitting at 2%. percent There's still 13% undecided. At what point do you make this decision? I, uh, Waiting for the debates?
1: Well, I, look, if Pence doesn't get in the debates, I mean, he's de facto dunzo. Mm-hmm. But he may be de facto dunzo anyway. If you can't get 40,000 people to give you $1. You know, there's a, there's a great episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer Simpson gets one of those automated phone machines. And it's called, he calls it, I think he calls it Happy Dude. And he is just scamming people, sending them this voicemail saying, will you send me $1 for eternal happiness? And there's a great line where he calls on the doll, Mr. Burns. And Mr. Burns, who for those of you who don't know for The Simpsons, is Homer's very elderly, decrepit boss who runs the nuclear power plant. He gets this happy dude message and he holds the dollar in his hand and he goes man one dollar for <laughs> eternal happiness eh, i'd rather have the dollar nah. and that's the people considering voting to mike pence <laughs> or uh, donating to mike pence one dollar to get this nah. guy in the debate stage you're not even worth one dollar i love
0: it casey, no never I mind it. it is 28 minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc
1: Hey, Casey. Yeah? You know what our government is really good at doing? Spending money. Absolutely. (laughs) Racking up debt, raising taxes, spending money. In fact, I'm going to go to a town council meeting tonight in Brownsburg where they're about to raise the
0: water and sewer rates. Oh! You know, the national government, the federal government, they've raked up debt up to the tune of $32 trillion.
1: And you know what government's going to do next? Yes, they're going to keep spending those trillions of dollars they don't have, and then they're going to
0: turn right around and make you pay for it by raising your taxes. But you don't have to just sit there and take it, Rob. Discover how you could dramatically reduce your taxes in retirement, and this is with a free tax reduction analysis from Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy. If you've saved at least $200,000, Schedule your free analysis now by calling 317-932-9912.
1: Yeah, you can't avoid those terrible, awful water and sewer rate increases in Brownsburg, but if you take advantage of some simple tax planning strategies now, you could save a bundle in other taxes when you retire. Call 317-932-9912, 317-932-9912.
0: This morning, it is 1033. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 wibc Some school districts first day of school today. Happy first day of school. Did you make such a big deal about going back to school the first day of school? You always had your best outfit on, made sure your hair was perfect.
1: I always used to chuckle because you know me, Casey, I've been observant since I came out of the womb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was basically spent my youth plotting and scheming to get even with everyone as an adult. And uh, I used to always enjoy the first day of school because, well, I put in, as I do here at this radio station, one of the reasons I chose radio is minimal appearance effort is required. (laughs) It's true. Um, And the same was true. Just look
0: at you. A very young Rob Kendall.
1: (laughs) The same was true there as well. And I always used to chuckle at how much effort people would put into the first day of school because by the end of the week now yeah. this was back where it used to it used to like didn't go back in july this was middle of august yeah. or whatever by the end of the week everybody's half-assing it <laughs> and it, you went he went from a 10 in terms of effort to about a two and i always used, used to laugh about that because if somebody's gonna see at your worst eventually anyway which is 90 percent of the school year why wouldn't you just set the it's like our interview yesterday. People were like, well, Rob did such a great job. He was so professional. I have set the bar so low <laughs> that as long as I don't go in a just a screaming rage on a politician, mm-hmm. people go, well, Rob really held it together. That was always my goal. Why would you set the bar high? If I first see you and you're at a 10 in terms of effort on appearance, and then by week two, you're at a, at a three – well, that's not going to do anything for me. And I used to just sit <laughs> in the back and chuckle at that all the time.
0: Well, the average expected expenditure for back-to-school supplies for Hoosiers, $702 per household.
1: Wow. Now, now yeah. don't forget, uh, Holcomb, our, our friend, you know, McGee, Lockdown McGee, high-tax Holcomb, whatever we're calling Eric him today. Eric the Red. Yes, yeah. Eric the <laughs> Red, whatever we're calling him today, uh, down the street from us, uh, the, he, he had a long conversation with the magic textbook fairy. And he didn't disclose where the textbook fairy lives, but he and the textbook fairy got together and the textbook fairy has agreed to be giving away free textbooks. They said free, so I, I guess nobody's paying. Oh, wait, you mean we're still paying for the textbooks? It's just now everyone has to pay for other people's textbooks versus people who were using the textbooks paying for them before. Yeah. Oh, it was just coming into my earpiece now, breaking mm-hmm. breaking news on that, so uh, <laughs> enjoy your air quote. Free textbooks this year. So
0: 33% of people expect to go into debt paying for their back-to-school supplies and clothing. 34% say that uh, this is because of inflation, but here's the deal. You know what tops the list of back to school supplies? Clothing. Uh huh. Eighty four percent planning to buy new clothes, which of course you wear on the first day when you want to look the best. Which again, right? what was mm-hmm. the point of
1: this? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I never understood the point of this because you're going to eventually end up what the 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 real you is always going to come out. Eventually. Sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why most jobs have a 90 day probation period. Because they figure <laughs> after three months, we're going to figure out who you really are. Uh, they say that shoes and backpacks are also on the top of the list. And then it's followed by actual school supplies. Uh, nearly half of the people that were surveyed by this Lending Tree survey, which is up on WIBC.com in the side piece right now. They said a lot of people actually did their back to school shopping early in June because because they knew it was coming, and that was the way they were trying to deal with the inflation. They wouldn't be surprised by it.
1: Here is a statement slash question for you. Yeah, uh, and I say this about myself: I am amazed as an adult as I look back on my whatever when a childhood. I'm I'm not talking about when I was a little kid, but I'm talking about when I became a teenager into the you know late teens, early twenties. I am amazed now, twenty five years on, looking back on that about how much. It, and it's largely accidental. Like I didn't sit down and go, hey, at 14, I know exactly what I'm going to become and what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I had vague ideas and interests, but I'm amazed to look back on myself at a young Rob Kendall and realize how much I kind of just knew what sort of adult I was going to morph into <laughs> and the person I was going to become because I haven't changed. Like clearly my vocabulary is bigger and clearly you learn as an adult how to deal with situations differently than you do as a, as a, as a kid and your knowledge base expands. But I as a human have not changed all that much from where I was at 14 and 15 years old.
0: Are you what you wanted to be when you were young?
1: Yeah, I think I've done exactly... I mean, I literally used to listen to this radio station Mm -hmm. and it's like something out of a Harry Chapin song. I said, hey, that's the place to be. I'm like the W-O-L-D character and I have ended up on this radio station doing the sort of radio show... That you wanted to do. Now, I didn't know the things about government that I know now. I knew what Rush Limbaugh told me or, you know... Greg Garrison or whoever, but so I have a far better working knowledge of the government and how corrupt and awful and evil it is and those sort of things. But I'm
0: it's amazing. You're living your dream. I am
1: I am and I did it with a public school education before the public <laughs> school was woke, which is amazing that I was able to get as far as I was. But I had, like I look at the look back on the 14 15 year old version of me and the like there is just so much of it that just came through and resonated in me. As an adult, and I don't know if that's good or bad. But I, are you the same way, or I'm, are you markedly different from when you were fourteen or fifteen years I'm old?
0: I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do when I was thirteen years old. I would sit in my bedroom and listen to my. When I was thirteen, I had the choice. I could either get a ten-speed bicycle or a hi-fi stereo system, oh, and yeah. I was so much into music that I, of course, chose the stereo. But I would listen to WGTZ in oh, Dayton, yeah. Ohio, and uh, I, oh gosh, I want to be a disc jockey. Yeah. How can that happen? How do I I make that happen and look at me now
1: uh, kev you're markedly younger than the rest of us more so casey than me um <laughs> <laughs> oh come on that's really funny
2: that was
0: unnecessary you're mispronouncing <laughs> milf but go ahead
1: uh and now that you have had your 10 15 years on from that era phase of your life do you find the same thing like as an adult you are you have become the thing you were or wanted to be as a boy or have you
2: changed I... I didn't know I'd work in radio, but I think with music, I still in the same way with music, yeah. I still drum and play guitar. Kevin's
0: and... still trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, I, I got, I s- I've just got different avenues. Yeah,
1: Kev's a, Kev's like a Zen master. <laughs> yeah. Kev's, Kev is, you know what Kev is, and I've determined this because I've had many of these people in my life over the years. Kev is an advice man, mm. and what I mean by that is Kevin is a good guy to have around who will always give you a very high scale perspective, high level perspective on whatever topic you're talking about and offer very sage advice to you on the topic. Like Kev does not get emotionally wrapped up in any topic, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned all of this because we're talking about the first day of school. Mm-hmm. And I always found the first day of school very interesting because it was the one day where everybody enters the public system, the private school system, whichever thing you were going to, filled with the enthusiasm of youth, whatever that enthusiasm of youth was for you. For me, very candid and clear. How many hot chicks am I gonna have in my classes? Am I going to have a hot teacher? And who is the cool new girl that none of the older, more experienced boys have figured out yet so that I might have a puncher's chance with? How'd that work out for (laughs) you? Well that's what I'm saying. By day two you quickly realize like there may be two hot girls in all of your classes collectively and they're dating a senior. So that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's out. But I'm amazed that as an adult, my priorities stayed largely the same. I was super into radio. I wanted to be great on the radio. And I was all about chasing after hot chicks. That really hasn't
0: changed. If you'd like some back to school shopping (laughs) strategies on how to save some money, those are available at WIBC.com. Just go to the side piece, which is under the blog menu. Speaking of being young and chasing hot chicks, as you put it, uh, apparently, and this is according to Pew Research, nearly half of America's... Americans think dating has gotten harder in the last 10 years. And that surprises me mostly because there's more avenues now to meet people with social media and the dating apps.
1: Well, and this is why we normally do voicemails during this segment. Mm -hmm. This is what had prompted me to have this conversation last hour with Kev, which is why I have to get the voicemails for the next hour. There's lots of good voicemails on on Shreve. But this is what had prompted me to have this, you know, 911 type conversation with Kev, because (laughs) Kev is wrapped up in this world now where there are so many people who are unhappy either dating or with their dating options or their dating experience, and I maintain it is because the magic of the first time in-person encounter has been stripped away for so many people. Am I crazy for thinking that?
0: Oh, because you already see their entire profile online before you meet in person. And, and yeah.
1: again, not to make this, you know, and you guys know I could be sentimental about a bowel movement. So, you know, I, but so not to make this, you know, a Jackson Brown song here. But okay. there was, there is, was, there still is, if it still exists somewhere, something magical about seeing someone on a chance encounter and having an interaction with them where you have no idea where it's going to go. And that is part of the joy. Of dating is the experience that leads up to determining whether I can have something sustainable with this person.
0: Now you're saying with dating apps now it's forced. You know more about them before you even meet in person. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, 75% of people looking to date say it's hard to find someone. They're saying women can't find commitment, men feel uncomfortable asking someone out. (laughs) And that uh, advice for this generation is to develop your moral compass and virtues and then look for someone with your shared values.
1: Yeah, I just I think people have been stripped of the ability to have inter- hey Kev, you're in the scene now. I'm I'm out of the scene. Is that <laughs> a, an accurate thing that there are so few random, I see this person across the way, I am intrigued by this person for whatever reason, something about them leads me to them, and that initial interaction, it is just mostly void from dating today.
2: Yeah, I feel like um yeah, I guess maybe people aren't interacting as much with each other socially. No, and they I, got their phone, their head buried in their phone. Yeah, there's always your phone that you can turn to if you feel uncomfortable in yeah. a social setting. And I don't know, it seems like people just kind of roll up to these bars with their friends and they just stay in their group. Mm-hmm. Things are very divided, I think. Yeah. Casey mentioned that you know politics
0: yeah. has really divided people. I would think, because before, when I was younger, you didn't know what somebody's politics were in the dating world. The Speak da- for
2: yourself. Well, in the
0: dating world. <laughs> but now it's one of the first things that you talk about. Yeah, you actually list your political views no on dating way. apps. Yeah. No way. What do you have it- on yours? <laughs>
2: Uh, He's got a radio show as his political beliefs. uh, It it says moderate. (laughs) I would say that's a fair description of Kevin. He's an advice man.
0: Yeah. All right. We've got Hammer who's going to join us next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Marshall just reminded me you guys are going to be out at the fair, and we still have to give our family four-pack of tickets away. And if you win the tickets on your amazing program, Mm -hmm. use them for
3: August 4th. It's a Friday Indiana State Fair, Hammer and Nigel Show Live, Beer Sample Friday, uh, Sticks concert that night. The food, the people watching come out and hang out with us. And fun fact... If you don't win tickets today, if you buy tickets online now, before it officially starts, you can save up to 40%. Wow. Okay.
1: August 4th. How it, how exciting. Dink. You go hang out with Hammer at the mm-hmm. fair. You oh, know, man. Uh, you know, Drunk You is, uh, is a great thing, and I hope people go out there and see an inebriated Jason Hammer attempting to do a broadcast. I think that'd be awesome.
3: It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> you act like we don't do this every day. <laughs> We have Tequila Tuesday. We have Moonshine Monday.
1: Some guy just sent you like three boxes of Moonshine. Yeah. What and is the deal with that?
3: Good stuff, too. Good yes. stuff. And it's big jars. We're not talking about the little sample sizes here. We're talking about They're the like big, mason jars. bad, mason jar, yeah. sugar lands, mamma jamma. You know, if you can't get the homemade stuff that somebody's making in their garage in Decatur County, <laughs> then this is the next best thing. and multiple
0: flavors too, weren't there?
3: Oh, they're all different. Ah, Yeah. So the next 16 weeks we are covered for moonshine Monday. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: Hey, speaking of the fair, there's a cherry lemonade twister out there. It's a fresh squeezed lemonade with cherry syrup. And wouldn't that be great with a little maybe vodka or rum in it?
3: Yep. Or, you know, get a deep fried batch of Oreos and, mm-hmm. you know, use that as the chaser. Let's yeah. go. I
1: hear this conversation, and then Hammer wakes up one day, Why am I so fat? I don't know. <laughs> we need to do
3: the weight loss thing yes. again, man. You know,
1: not to say you're getting chunky or morbidly obese. I've gained I, it back. Not, not all of it. There's no way you've put it all back on.
3: No, not all of it, but a big chunk it's of it. It's just good for
1: your health. And it gives us something to do on Fridays.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, after vacation, because I got a vacation coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, so, maybe after i embarrass myself on vacation we'll come back and we'll have a little intervention and we'll begin the weight loss journey again
1: uh okay so real quick yesterday you were very kind to play several of our clips from the uh interview we did with Jefferson Shreve i know you did deep dives during your show but maybe somebody didn't hear that your thoughts on the interview
3: so i picked up on a couple things one Whenever either one of you would bring up the word pandering, he got super defensive. Like, I'm sorry if that offends you, but it's kind of what you're doing.
1: Oh, it's not, you can take the words kind of out of there. I mean, that that's what it is. I right.
3: Mean. And he got super defensive about that. And the other thing is he tried to play off this whole, well, gee, shucks, I'm learning on the job. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. That sucks. Mm-hmm. I live here. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. I've already got that. <laughs> I need somebody else in there. Like, there are certain professions you never want to hear, I'm learning on the job and I don't know what I'm doing. You're a surgeon, yeah. you're pilot, mm-hmm. and the mayor of a major U.S. city that's hosted a Super Bowl before.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I don't know where you're at with this, but to me, and I know you were instantly... Way more upset about it than I was because I thought, well, the the guy's doing a box check. He doesn't mean it. It's not good to do that. But I'm not going to get totally bent out of shape about it because I think he's just saying something. Weak nod. Yeah, I put that out there. I'll win. And then
0: we'll just forget about it. Knowing that it wasn't going to happen.
1: Right. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it good. But I said, let's give him a chance to work his way through this. To his credit yesterday, he was honest he's all on board with these gun reforms.
3: He does not care about the conservative voter in Indianapolis. And the latest commercial, I'm not even talking about the gun one, which a lot of us have already seen before, where he's rubbing it in your face, he's against two-way rights. There's a new one that's been rolled out, and I've seen it on social media. I can imagine it's coming to TV soon, where, in essence, he's saying, we all believed in Joe Hogsett. said. We all voted for him, and now we're let down. Who the hell is we all... <laughs> Because I've been voting against this drunk loser, allegedly, for a number of years now. And this is what they think of you. They don't care about your vote. It's a total pandering move to the other side of the aisle. And listen, it didn't have to be this way. I've said it before. I'm not just somebody that complains about what he's doing. I've offered my solution here. Number one, from the very beginning, instead of saying, well, that's a great plan, that plan was never going to become the law. Instead, he listened to these folks that run his campaign that the game has passed them by years ago, or they never had the game to begin with. All you had to do was come out with a series of commercials, Mm -hmm. press conferences, statements that say, look how desperate my opponent is look at him he's creating things that will never become the law because he's so desperate to remain in power the numbers speak for themselves his polling is down in his own party they tried to primary him my campaign the shreve campaign we're gonna work on locking habitual bad guys up i will work with the judges i'll have conversations with ryan mears that's all you had to say, because he's big into telling everybody he's a negotiator. The angle you had to take was judges and prosecutors not saying, well, this ridiculous plan, that's a great idea. I'm the one to make that happen. I no, th- that's such a bad idea.
1: I thought he came in yesterday it was going to be a chance for him to reset the campaign because he had two weeks from when the proposal came out to he came on the show. He knew everybody would be listening. I thought, okay, maybe t- tomorrow or yesterday is the day where he saves the campaign. He resets. He offers some explanation on this. And, and I, I would no, walk out. No, he was out. wed to y- it. Yeah, I would He's walk, in too deep Yeah, now. I would walk out of there going, okay, see, everybody heard that. Maybe he made a mistake. It's The gun side of it's indefensible, and you can't separate the gun from the rest of the proposal because the gun thing is such a big part of it.
3: And again, the reason I'm so passionate is because Joe Hawk said is such a loser. Yeah right? We've all heard the rumors. I hate dancing around the rumors. The rumors exist. He was inebriated and or in rehab during the riots. That's not something I know as fact. I have been told that from Democrat politicians around
1: Central India. And what we know is he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who just disappears during a riot? Well, and that's
0: right. what Jefferson Shreve should be asking. Yes. Where were you? What's going right. up this afternoon? You are going to
3: come by. Oh yeah. uh, We'll go off the rails. We'll talk about the Biden crime family. We'll talk a a bit more about the
0: shreve situation and uh we'll have a good time thanks hammer you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 WIBC.